Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nejdet Zaturyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. My guest today was Margina Arayan. Margina is the co-founder of AIP Tech and Fact Industries. AIP Tech is an Armenian company working on building 3D model devices for the medical and aerospace industries. We spoke about the success they've had over the last two years in building implant devices for wounded soldiers and the work they're doing in building parts for the aerospace industry. Thank you for listening. Uh, Margina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, Margina, let's start with a little bit of your background. Uh, tell us how you got started in the 3D printing world and the material sciences world. Well, actually, my background is physical chemistry or chemical physics, as you mm-hmm. know. Like, And uh, actually, for me, I consider that chemistry is a part of physics, just a right. <laughs> yeah, big uh, direction of physics. So I started in Yerevan State University in a chemical department, uh, my studies, and immediately I was involved in the research work. And when I was uh, already 16 or like late 15, I already started my work in Chemical Institute of Chemical Physics. So later on, I had a chance to go to Spain and to do kind of master thesis, part of my master thesis in Spain, and later continue some project-based research in Spain in the Institute of Ceramics and Glasses. That time I, we were investigating like different projects at the same time. Actually, I understood and learned how to work with industry and how being a multidisciplinary researcher is very important because we were doing at the same time biomaterials, studying properties and how to synthesize different biomaterials. At the same time, we were uh, synthesizing different materials for automotive industry right. and our airspace industry. So like all is different and uh, we were working with industrial partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important for me to work with industrial partners because uh, it's more strict. The deadlines are more strict and you should work not only, I mean, you, you can create not only what you imagine, but also what uh, consider the cost. And that gave me more industrial or business orientation in my life. Right. Uh, later, we had a chance. Actually, I was invited to go to Estonia and establish a big laboratory because uh, the institute, uh, their university, was making big investment in, in this area. Uh, we started uh, to make very big laboratory and we started to focus on 3D printing at that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, the best way to learn about something is to create it <laughs> so because we had a task to concentrate on 3d printing i started to learn how it can be used or connected to my this? background uh it was about more than 10 years ago oh, okay uh, i think it was so 12, yeah, 2012 yeah 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 uh, it was just starting and it was very risky also to take this direction because we didn't know what was going on and what wo- what will happen with this direction actually mm. in the world and how the market will grow o- yeah. all this like we didn't know like we were going with blind, blind eye and when we had already the printers uh, actually, a lot of industrial partners came to us and uh, they had different problems and we started to solve them. Uh, the first very interesting one was uh, to make wheels for cars, sport cars. And 3D was, printed. Yeah, 3D printed. Why 3D printed? Because in sport cars, they make these brake discs and so on right. and also wheels. 
only like 20 pieces or less. Mm -hmm. And every time they change the design of the wheel or brake disc or like all these parts of the wheels, uh, every time they change, they should buy new mo uh, mo Mold. like molds yeah. and yeah, uh, and all this costs like half million euro or right. something like all this project cost half million euro. In the case of 3D printing, you can change your design. Right. Yeah, and it's just, just print it. Thing. Yeah. And uh, if you need small amount of pieces, it's ma far more far cheaper to use 3D printing than other technology. Right. So they turned to us to make such pieces for them. And it was like very, the, I think it was the first project that I was really interested in. And it opened my eye and I understood how can we spread or distribute also our service and so on as a scientist, yeah, right. like to the industry. Right, and commercialize that science. Yeah, so. yeah, for me, like commercialization of uh, your scientific background or your scientific knowledge or your scientific service yeah. is the most important and most most fascinating thing that I do in the research. Right, because you bring that science to the real world through some product or through yeah. some solution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, what I noticed, actually all the students are more uh, involved in the projects if it's applied research, so they, right. <laughs> they like more, yeah. Right. They want their research or science or their work to come to the life mm -hmm. in one point, and yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. And then in Estonia, you did your PhD as well, there, right? Yeah, I did my PhD, and at the same time I was working as a researcher, I had several projects simultaneously, and uh, later after this, I continued working in, after my PhD, yeah? I continued working in the university, also giving lectures and so on. What exactly was your PhD in? Uh, it was about nanomaterials. Actually, mm -hmm. I was working in several projects simul simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, my research topic, like thesis, PhD thesis was totally different than what I was doing, right. <laughs> actually. It was just a part of my job. It was about nanomaterials. We were making like different catalysts uh, uh, or yeah, mostly catalysts or piezoelectric materials uh, right. in order to yeah. save the energy or to create energy yeah, mm -hmm. uh, using some nanofibers. It was also a very interesting job, actually. And yeah, at the same time, I was working this 3D printing stuff. On 3D right. printing stuff. So before we get on to some of the things you're working on now, I want to ask a question about Estonia. Um, so we often hear about Estonia as really this model for small countries who have been able to have really big breakthroughs in their tech sector. I think Estonia's tech sector reflects something like a quarter of their economy, if not a little bit more. Is there something Estonia does at the maybe the grad school level or the general scientific ecosystem level that results in such successful commercialization of science? Um, is there anything they do there that you observe that we can replicate in, in Armenia? Actually, I think, yes. Uh, Estonia is doing very smart country strategy. Right. And everybody knows how the country will go, like where we should go, yeah, with all directions. For example, if we want to uh, invest or if we see our country within the next five years in high-tech, yeah, making the country high-tech, so both... Um, and which direction of high tech, yeah. Right. Both scientific uh, people in, from scientific direction or economy, all this will put their efforts to develop exactly these points, like where the country will go. Mm -hmm. So this is very important. For example, uh, if we think that 
we are going to develop 3D printing stuff in this country. All the grants or projects or every, everything, yeah, and everybody in this area that works, both in science, in high-tech ministry, in economy, in even in medicine, yeah, they should all support this direction. And by direction, you mean narrow directions within that field, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, I don't know, in 3D printing, it could be maybe the country needs 3D printing for construction needs or for this very specific industry's needs. You mean those kinds of directions, Yeah, right? because, yeah. like, for example, if we take 3D printing, yeah, I'm a specialist, I can talk about 3D printing much more, but right. also there are a lot of uh, AI and other right. like, smart stuff. Yeah. Um, if we think in 3D printing, you can uh, touch every field. Right. For example, in medicine, you can make customized implant. Right. Um, in... Uh, airspace actually a lot of parts are made by 3d printer now yeah in automotive industry again you can make parts like using this uh also if you come to software and stuff like yeah. there are a lot of softwares for 3d printing there are a lot like wherever you go you can use this 3d printing for this direction yeah right. Right. and if you are putting all your uh what is how to bring money yeah, to the country right. uh when People or a resident or specialist from other country know Armenia or this country as a, a 3D printing specialized country. Mm -hmm. If they have any problem, if they have any uh, project, they come to you. Right. Right. For example, when you are applying for a project to collaborate with uh, some space industry, Usually, like they look, if your country is successful in this direction, if in the country there are several, like at least small groups, yeah, yeah. working in this direction, they trust you to give this project. Right. right. So it's the way how to bring money. If only one direction, if only this um, academy is investing money on 3D printing, but other direction they don't care, this direction, like early or late, will die. Mm hmm so I think that we should understand the strategy of the country and all our efforts should go to this strategy. Right, right. Another example in another space uh, would be, for instance, in machine learning, um, there's a lot of uh, agrotech companies, companies that build tech for the agriculture sector that use machine learning for increasing the productivity of that sector. Um, and agriculture is a significant part of Armenia's economy. But a lot of agrotech companies in, that work in Ar Armenia still build solutions for the outside market, for the American markets, for the European markets. So if there was some strategic direction across all these vectors, whether it be machine learning or 3D printing, that was more, that was more narrowly focused on Armenia's needs, you, you obviously you need the startups that are focused on global solutions as well. But if some companies are solving Armenia's problems as well, that's how it would reflect in a much greater share of Armenia's economy and growth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. actually, I think that we should not only focus on Armenian needs, but mostly global needs. For example, we can find solution like global solution for one company located in Spain or. Right that will bring enough money or much more money in order to just outsource the service that we need in Armenia. I see. Yeah. So like all this, we should understand which is more profitable, uh, where we can go considering our location, our right. all this stuff, yeah? And our specialist, all this we should consider and to understand like what we can buy and what we can sell. Right, right.
including knowledge, service, and everything. So when we talk about uh, strategic focuses in the 3D printing space, what are some areas that you think Armenia should be focusing on? Uh, I think Armenia can focus on a lot of stuff. I am now, uh, my actually my group is now focused on uh, medical, right. but mostly we are focused on aerospace industry because the margins or in aerospace industry is much higher. Mm -hmm. So when you develop one small piece, it can cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So why not to sell this service to right. and yeah. To Large American companies yeah. that do yeah. Yeah. aerospace or Boeing and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, also I think medical can be very useful because um, yeah, we have medical tourism regarding the dental tourism, yeah. But we can develop it. Armenia is small, so people can come and uh, treat here and go. And uh, it, it, it will be cheaper in Armenia if we can keep it cheap. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. we can develop this medical tourism in Armenia as well. Right. Why not to do? So let's talk about uh, AIP Tech. Uh, this is your organization that you started a few years ago. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the founding story and, and what you guys are trying to do. Yeah, actually... Uh, the idea to open AIP Tech came from Nerush. Okay. <laughs> the first time uh, we just won a, a big project in Nerush. Like it was $30,000. Yeah, Nerush, I don't know if we have this year or not. I think they're uh, starting it again. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, yeah. it, it was uh, maybe, maybe devo devoted to the. Um, uh, diaspora or right. some interesting ideas uh, in in uh, out of Armenia, yeah. Right. And the idea was to bring those ideas or those people to Armenia. Right. Um, I don't know how how many people come back right. <laughs> after Nerush, but at least uh, we came back. Right. And uh, we got the first prize in advanced technology in, in Nerush, right. yeah, and. Uh, that was the start. Actually, we started the company. I I, I didn't know how it would work. It, again, we came we came with blind eye because right. I was living in Estonia and I didn't plan to come to Armenia at that right. time. It was just okay. Let's start and let's see how the team works. Right. And at that time, the idea was to support Estonian company, right. which was again uh, I co-founded uh, one Estonian company, and the company had several com contracts with European Space Agency. Uh, also, we do other contracts with different partners. And the idea was, okay, we will develop some tech group in Armenia and we'll see how they can support and we can outsource some service from Fact Industries, Estonian company, to Armenia. Right. And it will be kind of the way how to earn money uh, the first stage. And later we can have, when we have uh, one product, we can sell this. Yeah, we started this. Actually, the team... We trained a lot of people. We had problem with specialists and so yeah. on. This is a big problem in Armenia. The problem with specialists and uh, right. like people also, they don't know how to work. Actually, sometimes they are losing their time. They don't understand the cost of the time. So right. they can sit and talk in the workplace several right. hours. So <laughs> we had such a lot of problem. Right. I was almost like uh, disappointed. And uh, in September, when the war starts, that time, like mentally, or a lot of things changed in my in my life. Actually, in my mentality, yeah. yeah, I understood that. Okay, if not now, if we don't go back to Armenia now, when so will we? Yeah, yeah, I mean, doesn't like in future. I mean, 
who cares actually you don't i mean you need your country when your country is in a bad situation right, right. if you don't come that time to your country so why you are coming later so right, i mean right. i don't see the meaning to come when my country is in a good position yeah right so uh that time yeah we i have decided that i should come back to to armenia so uh, we, there were a lot of people who had trauma. Uh, this is what also AIP Tech could do at that time. For example, if a part of the uh, bone uh, is missing because mm -hmm. of the trauma or accident or something, we can repair it, actually. Right. We prepare by 3D printer uh, exactly this customized implant to put on this exact defect in order uh -huh. to, to save... Uh, or to improve the life of the patient. And uh, the, the first patient was, uh, again, very emotional case yeah, for us. The first patient was doctor who went to the war again to save other soldiers. And he had very big trauma in his leg. Right. He continued working uh, with such leg, like doing a surgery during the war. And when he came back, there was already like no way to save his leg, and they were going to the other amputate doctors were going to amputate it. Uh, and we suggested to prepare implant that could save his leg. Actually, we were successful, quite successful wow. in this. And later he came to say thanks to us, and this was the start also to take this medical direction for yeah. AIP. Uh, Sorry, just yeah. can you be a little bit more specific as to what exactly you guys printed and, and implanted yeah. into his leg? Actually, how this process works, we get a computer tomography of the bone, like 3D. It's like a scan. Yeah, of the scan the of, the of the bone. And later we see how what is the defect. And later we discuss with the doctors how we could do surgery. Because, I mean, engineer, from engineering point of view, okay, you can prepare this uh, yeah. piece and it will exactly fit to this place. But the doctors can say totally different things. Right. Yeah? Right. And we discuss with the doctors uh, how it should work and so on. And later we prepare metal titanium-based piece in order to put this uh, piece into the defected or into the place where we don't have bone. Mm -hmm. For example... I think for people, it can be more understandable yeah, how we do with the head. Right. For example, there is a big part of the bone in the head that dismiss. So from one side or from another side or from both sides, yeah. And we start to understand how this, um, how we should prepare implant, kind mm -hmm. of plate of implant that we put f for this part of bone. There's also another example, yeah, for example, if um, we had a shotgun mm -hmm. that uh, the guy lost uh, a very big part of his um, jaw. jaw, yeah, uh, low jaw, and we also prepared like implant that he, we can put in, mm -hmm. in this uh, jaw and kind of later we can, like the guy can have also teeth. Oh, there. wow. So, yeah, there are such a lot of over 30 cases that yeah. we have prepared. These projects that you were doing, were they in collaboration with a specific hospital or medical institution? Or were you working with just in general? Actually, we are quite open to work with different clinics. Yeah. Uh, the first cases we did only with Wigmore because uh, we found out that only in Wigmore we could find the time uh, surgeons 
who were experienced. Right. And uh, we were also lucky that we had Francois Antonian, uh, who was also co-founders of Wigmore Clinic. Uh, he had experience in U.S. He's a doctor working in U.S. and he came every second month after mm -hmm. the war, only every second month to do surgeries wow. here. So he support and helps us a lot uh, with his advices and so on. And uh, after this, uh, we started to collaborate with different clinics as well. Uh, we work very tightly with Arabuni Medical Center. Uh, but also we should go in advance and see the conditions that they work right. because we have also very bad experience. It happened that we went to the hospital or clinic, I don't want to specify, uh, and we saw that uh, actually they are not meeting the simple requirements, medical yeah. requirements yeah, to do surgery. You yeah. can't do in this room surgery. Right. Right. So, I mean, there is no condition, like the temperature is 40 degrees Center, C and so yeah. on, yeah, and the window is open, like there are a lot of problems. And we have decided uh, that we are not going to collaborate with such clinics uh, yeah. where there are no professionals. Right. And we participate in every surgery, and we see that during the surgery, if there is any problem, like that professionally is not the right. level that we expect. Like we your team members are in the operating room? Yeah, for yeah, it's must for us. Yeah. Do you guys have medical doctors on your team as well? Or? Uh, yeah, we have medical three medical doctors, actually, who yeah. are all the time consulting. Every case, they should prove that this is okay right. to go for surgery. It happens that we change the model even 12 times. Right. So, like, because the doctor changed the strategy totally of right. the surgery, because we should understand from where they want to open, right. what is the next stage, yeah? Like, uh, some we had a patient that had huge problem with uh, hip joint, mm -hmm. and uh, actually part of hip dismissed a lot at all. Mm. And this was also the mistake of our doctors, right. <laughs> that we, not our, I mean, in our doctors in, our, in right, Armenia, yeah. Right. Uh, and we know that the second stage is to do surgery of the next hip. Right. And we started as a puzzle to collect all this hip right. in order that he can walk after at least half year. But actually he walked fa <laughs> earlier than we expected. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all this should be considered and um, we can change the strategy several times. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. After the war, how many soldiers did you guys prepare um 3D printed. Yeah, we did for. over 30 for over 30 soldiers. And for now, we stopped the process, to be frank. Um, because, uh, I mean, financially, we we came to a point that the IP tech couldn't support anymore. I mean, right. all, uh, financially, we were. You guys weren't charging yeah. for it? Or yeah, anything, yeah right? because we were not charging from right. the soldiers. We started to collect donation, uh, but it was unsuccessful. <laughs> mm. People say, okay, the country, I mean, uh, Republic of Armenia should cover this cost, right. why we should donate. What are the costs like for something like this? I mean, I'm sure it ranges a lot based on what you're printing, but let's say, for instance, the hip joint procedures and well, stuff. Like, hip what, joint, what are the ranges like? Yeah, hip joint is one of the most expensive one. It starts from... Well, uh, $3,000, not too simple. Actually, the simple one, we just say you go to use like the standard implants. Right. 
but if there's a problem yeah it starts from the thousand dollars but for the jaw or like maxillofacial or, or cranial implants or yeah. yeah for cranial implants it starts from eight hundred dollars seven eight hundred dollars right. it depends yeah how big it is how right. difficult is the process uh we mostly calculate how much we work on this and how much the doctors work on this right and is that just the cost of the materials or is that the labor of the team and, and all like end-to-end -end costs or just the materials? Uh, it's the cost, uh, is the price of the implant, Armenian price. Got it. Because we have different cost strategy for Based different countries. Right. Yeah, In Armenia, yeah. we understand that we can't have... Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, yeah. Too much profit. Like, yeah. I mean, again, we here we are working almost without profit. Right. And do you guys prepare medical implants for the outside mar global markets as well, Europe? Yeah, Europe. we export a lot. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there we have totally different price strategy. Right. Actually, in Armenia, we don't work for profit. Got so it. this yeah. is the price without profit. Right, it's something you're doing for the country. Yeah. 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 Have you guys raised any capital other than the Negros uh, grants or... Uh, we had also Sastic. Okay. Um, we had $30,000 from Sastic. Yeah. So, yeah, but later we stopped raising money because everything is going more steadily than we were expecting. And uh, for now, we don't need investment. Okay. Actually, uh, we have developed new product that uh, is biodegradable, like biodegradable implants. And in this case, uh, instead of titanium or pig implant that we put in, into the bone and it remains in whole life, yeah. we will have new implants that will degrade during the time and the new like natural bone will grow. Wow. So, yeah, this is already, this, uh, we already put on humans. Uh, and in, I think like soon it comes to the market. Mm -hmm. Actually, we are, we, are, we are planning to come to sell it already in the end of this year, but yeah. uh, there are documentation that we we should finalize, like mm -hmm. legal aspect and so on. Do you so, guys patent these? these yeah, we have so? applied for patent. Yeah. Uh, we are waiting for the result, actually. Yeah. Uh, AIP now has already two patent, applied patent for now, within two years. Mm -hmm. uh, and these so are US apply. patents? No, they are uh, European patent. Okay. And we are going to apply for one more uh soon maybe in one one month yeah uh we have also yeah in armenia problem with patenting stuff so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is another story that <laughs> we can talk maybe <laughs> yeah. so have you but, guys tried patenting stuff in uh armenia? in armenia it's um i would say not possible or possible and there is no right. meaning to go for this because when you take your the idea, like how, how they work, you should make all this stuff written and right. print it. And you are taking all this stuff to the uh, to an office Patent or not office. office. There is a like box uh, <laughs> that you just put all this in the box and somebody and it, it is in the corridor, like in this building. Oh my God. So somebody can just come, take this box and go. Wow. I mean, I mean, there is no NDA. There is nothing. I mean, somebody right. can just take it, copy, and submit another. You're better off not patenting it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we went there. Later, we decided not yeah. to do it. <laughs> but the problem, uh, you can't apply from Armenia to European patent. 
if you don't have a local uh, patent uh, yeah oh uh, if you don't didn't mm. apply for a local one oh, wow. so that's why like uh, we apply for patent with our partners okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's like it's crazy but yeah. I, I hope and i'm sure this will also be regulated somehow very soon I because hope so. this question we, with this problem we went yeah. to um, uh, corresponding people right yeah, yeah i never heard of uh, what patent procedures are like in yeah armenia. i don't they know don't how others fun. are doing in <laughs> armenia but this was the yeah. ex experience that we had right. that it wasn't good so yeah uh maybe in the end of this year already when we have sales the first small sales in armenia right. we will look for bigger uh investment yeah in order to make a factory already mm -hmm. like. a factory uh -huh. yeah or man big manufacturing line because right. uh, as far as we even didn't start to sell it but there are a lot of doctors from actually we have from estonia finland we have from uh russia that they were very interested wow. we have in from georgia and like they write us like very frequently when it's ready like yeah. we are ready to buy it we want to buy so there's so a big demand for it there is huge yeah. yeah i mean they are coming we didn't do any advertisement right, just, right. they are just coming yeah. so i'm curious what is a what does a 3D printing manufacturing line look like? Is it just a bunch of 3D printers that are running simultaneously? or No, you can have one printer, but it still costs on you. I mean, the cost here is not so much the printer, but the condition. To, I mean, it depends. First of all, it depends like why, where you are going and for which industry you are serving. For example, right. in the case of medical, you should have clean laboratory. Right. Uh, here you should have like... I mean, you should prove that the air is clean, like everything hmm. is clean when stuff right, is entering there. The maintenance of the environment is Yeah, yeah. Important. This is yeah. more, far more expensive than the 3D printers, actually. Right. So, right. and all this documentation, if you want to get certification, ISO or CMR and so on, all this costs a lot. Right, right. So this is the, um, and you can't put your printer in whatever uh, building you want. Right. So you should have all this uh, necessary, let's say, also communal or all, all this stuff yeah, right, like, right. Uh, adapted to this uh, industry mm -hmm. this is for medical for uh, if you want to actually if you want to produce something for electronic industry really yeah in some cases again it depends like which exact part you want to produce uh, in a lot of cases you again need this clean laboratory right Right. So when you enter to the laboratory, also you should be totally covered and you should uh, pass through air shower and so on in order to... Oh, wow. Actually, for electronic industry, that uh, I have also friends who, who work in very huge companies. Uh, they are decision makers. And when they create new laboratory for new production line, they also have very clean room. And uh, they need also air shower as we need for medical, yeah? They need also air shower to enter to this room. Like before you enter, you enter with uh, specific, specific or specialized uh, cloth uniform. And uh, like air is coming, cleaning you. And you should make sure that there is no dust entering right. to this place. Right. So. Other than medical use cases that you, you guys prepare um, 3D printed parts for, you said you also do stuff for the aerospace industry, right? Here in Armenia? Uh, here in Armenia, yeah. Right. I, yeah. Can yeah. you speak a little bit about what types of parts are 3D printed for, for aerospace use cases? 
Uh, actually, now we are making service for, for this. Uh, the idea is, actually, our Estonian company has uh, several contracts with European Space Agency. Right. One of them is about to make uh, electronic packages for microscope. Hmm. Uh, and also, it will be used for telescope as well. So right. there are special uh, devices for this. And the idea is when it works, uh, for example, telescope works in space, uh, there's a huge temperature um, difference. difference yeah. yeah, And there are vibration and so on. And the idea is to prepare new uh, these packages from new materials, which will not expand or they should expand with the um, size of the screw in this small piece are expanding. <laughs> right. So the material should be more or less close right. or they should have more or less close uh, properties. Right. Plus, they were looking for the material which will have high thermal conductivity. It mm -hmm. means when the device is, uh, it gets hot, like the hot should, uh, the thermal energy, yeah, like the, the heat, heat yeah. should uh, eliminate very fast. So, yeah, this uh, uh, a very big part of this project is done in Armenia, actually, by AIP Tech. Mm -hmm. uh, because here, uh, first of all, uh, in Armenia, we have devices, actually, and this, uh, for characterizing, analyzing, and so on. And it costs uh, much cheaper than in other countries, yeah? Mm -hmm. So we have everything underhand, and we can prepare, go to do micro, uh, microstructural analysis yeah. or uh, XRD and so on, and it will cost, like, very... Cheap low, compared yeah, to... To other countries. Yeah. So, and we took this, and the team is... Uh, pr I'm proud that the team can yeah. manage with this project. Uh, also, the result is satisfying for space industry, space agency, and uh, now they are interested to make another contract. Nice. The problem why uh, AIP can't directly work with the European Space Agency, although they know that they give to fact industries and fact industries is outsourcing to AIP. AIP. Yeah. The problem is Armenia itself should enter to European space right. uh, industry. Only in this case, they can give us project. But this is another question. I mean, uh, does it make sense for Armenia to enter to European Space Agency to be registered? Because for being a member of European Sp uh, Space Agency, you should pay for this hmm. and this is uh, the cost is very high so that i uh, like we should think and understand does it make sense can we bring all this money back to armenia right. Right. if we invest this money in european space agency or right. we can try still till like to work through other companies with european space agency so all these are questions uh, i think we should think um, the government should right. think and uh, right. they, they know better like how much money we can bring back because they know better which kind of companies we have in armenia that can collaborate and right. bring money uh, is the reason why the european space agency won't work with non-registered countries because space tech is often used in military applications and things of that nature as well? Or? Uh, they are not members and you should apply for being member and uh, this application is also like pay like do you need a lot of documentation right. you need a lot of requirements and so on. I think Armenia basically can prepare and enter there because right now we have enough scientists we have enough specialists yeah. In this direction, also diaspora is here with us, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and we have enough network to take and carry out all these yeah. uh, projects. Right. 
but we should calculate, still calculate. I don't know. This right. is the government right. should do. I can't just advise that we should right. enter. I mean, tell us a little bit about AIP's team. How big are you guys now? Uh, now we are 11 people there, but we are going to increase actually. Mm -hmm. uh, we plan to increase to 15 by the end of this year. We will see how it will go. And is your team comprised mostly of 3D printing engineers or um, is it more, much have, more diverse than that? Yeah, actually it's much more diverse because uh, the work of manager, for example, project manager, sometimes it's um, more ex important than... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sometimes you get case, like uh, the doctor comes with a computer tomography yeah. and you should manage yeah, where it should go later. Right. So if you don't plan it uh, and you don't uh, push the specialist to work, yeah. <laughs> you, you have big problems. Right. Uh, yeah. No, it's not only 3D printing specialist. We have uh, project management to people. Yeah, we have modelers and yeah. specialist engineers who are working mm -hmm. on 3D printing. And then some domain experts like doctors and stuff, right? Yeah, and we have doctors, three doctors actually right. working there. Right. Let's talk a little bit more generally about the uh, prospects of 3D printing. Um, one thing I often see in, in the news is 3D printing of organs and things of that nature. Is, is 3D printing in the medical field globally already highly adopted? Is it used pretty much across the board? Or are we still in the very, very early days of, of, of seeing this stuff be adopted? Mm -hmm. And, and are, the, are some of the things that we read about, like 3D printing organs and stuff, is all of that just hype so far? Or do we know how to do it and we'll see how it'll become implemented in the coming five years, ten years? Okay. Actually, through the printing of organs, till now I have seen in the research. Only. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, okay. yeah, I have... Well, I read that uh, there is already cases that they change. But how it will work, we will know in five years. Because, for example, even for us, that uh, uh, implants for bone, yeah, like yeah. heart tissue, is already known for 15, 20 years. But it's just being yeah, brought uh, to market? We just... Uh, they start selling... Only after five years, even right. like when we prepare, we don't, uh, we keep this case in our, like we follow the case for five years right. because you never know what will happen in five years. Right. So all this is a big question, but I, I believe in it that uh, I believe that soon we will have to the printed organs and it's not a fantasy. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, the, uh, there is also very buffering situation in the documentation. For example, Europe needs for each device or each Let's say, well, in, in professional languages, device, yeah? Right. Also, the implant is device. So each device that comes to the market, uh, or if you sell any piece, mm -hmm. you should have CE mark. What uh, is that? CE mark means like that all, mm, for example, if you have, if you produce the glass, mm -hmm. uh, you say that, okay, it's five centimeter to five centimeter and so on, and right. uh, you have accuracy of 0 0.1 millimeter. It should be all your pieces should be like that. Right. So yeah. it's kind of regulation of quality. Got it. Of the yeah. pieces. The same we have for 3D printed stuff. The question is, okay, if every time we have totally different implants because it's customized, every person is different. Mm -hmm. So every time you prepare a totally different implant, how you can make C mark? how I can compare one product with other products. Mm -hmm. You can get, C, for example, in CMark, you should have 20 pieces and they should take one out of this 20 pieces and see if it fits 
the description that you gave to him. For mm-hmm. example, if I describe that the hardness is like this, the microstructure is like this, the surface roughness is like this, etc. Right. I mean, if I prepare from each implant 20 pieces, it will cost on me tw- like not 20 times, but at least 15 times higher. Right. So it's not affordable anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, here there is such kind of problems. Some countries started to have uh, other like to adapt yeah to 3d right. printing market for example in uh, uh, emirates they have uh, like their cmr kind of like regulation whenever your product goes to enters to emirate they do uh just based on your uh, description they mm-hmm. check only this implant and it goes to the uh to the clinic and mm-hmm. it takes four or five hours mm-hmm. In Europe, we don't. They don't understand yet how they should do this. So right. that's why, like, right. market is. Uh, you can still enter to the market right. as soon as they make the strict regulation. The cost will be increased. Got it. Uh, UK, I guess UK is working on this now because we have uh, partners in UK that are interested to buy and uh, they want also that our product will should pass also through this regulation. But I am not very sure how it will go when it'll be yeah yeah uh actually yeah the market but the market is increasing very very fast uh, right. actually cagr is over 20 uh it's 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 very high yeah so it means that still uh companies who want to enter to this market still they have chance mm-hmm. to Right, it's still it's still yeah. emerging. Yeah, yeah. Magana, let's speak a little bit about um, what's needed to increase the number of three D printing specialists in Armenia and what directions they should come from. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how, in much more developed ecosystems, what education paths or career paths typically uh, a three D someone that is involved in three D modeling takes? Uh, actually, uh, when we are looking for stuff, we are looking for specialists who, who is who knows what is material science and who knows about uh, like a little bit, not a little bit, who who, is, who has deep uh, knowledge in uh, chemistry, physics, general like material science. It's for us. It's easier to teach the material uh, specialist, yeah, material scientist, to the printing stuff right. than vice versa. Because when we announce some uh, job vacancy and so on people from who can just use like 3d printer like this filament uh, based 3d printer yeah they come and apply but uh, we see that they only know how just to buy from the market filament put into the printer and start to print something right uh, actually this is a very very small part in the market like filament based 3d printing stuff they simple. can do at home yeah like play or to make some uh, yeah. toys out of this it's good tool for children to understand 3d 3d etc yeah. like, uh, in, in general like 3d stuff and learn how to model but this is not this is like very 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 small part in the job right in our company like uh, we have only one 3D modeler and the second one we are hiring now mm-hmm. but mostly people are material scientists who can prepare new materials for 3D printers right. for example right. powders uh, polymer based slurries that you can use in order to make ceramic pieces yeah. 
powder also like then can be ceramic or metal based uh, and you should understand how the powder should look like yeah. it should be spherical or non-spherical or it should be big or small and or it should be combination of different materials in order to be able to print which kind of laser you should use yeah. like power of laser speed etc all this influence on the quality of the final part right. and right. all this the person should be ready to understand and uh, should understand it's not easy <laughs> right, right yeah and all this I, I think it should come from the school and uh, actually now we will we are working also with universities in order to teach young specialists how to material science we start from material science also how to prepare new materials right. for 3d printing because selling material for 3D printing is more, like profit is much higher, right. the market is bigger and so on. For service, I mean, you can do okay. Every yeah. day one specialist can do like 10 modeling, not more. Yeah. But for powder, you can produce tons. Do so. we have material science graduate programs in our, in our universities in Armenia? Uh, now we have master material science uh, master program in uh, Yerevan State University. This year we had only four people who applied mm. and uh, I mean, it's free, you know. Right. Uh, there's scholarship on this and there yeah. are 15 free places and only four people applied. So we need to do a better job of telling people about this. Yeah, actually, and... yeah. I mean, I think we should start from the school, even not from university. Yeah. Now we work with universities to teach like uh, specialist or young specialist and students that okay this is also a profitable job right. but if you are looking only for profit i mean it's not the place here we need people who have knowledge who are uh interest in science and so on and to have readiness to learn and learn and learn but i think we should start also from schools especially okay. uh going to different towns or villages and talk to students high school students about the potential uh, about the potential yeah, yeah. Uh, of this direction and like at least to give one to lecture in even small schools because what we have noticed that all, all talents come from small countries right. i don't know how it's uh, from well, i mean small towns and so on right. i don't know why it's like that but actually maybe they don't watch tv so much or they are not <laughs> in their gadgets right. so much and uh, they have time to create and uh, create like anything from the mood or like yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 they are more curious yeah. and i think we should start uh, this program also maybe from gumri or yeah but we, we we are thinking about it as well mm -hmm. and material science is a very diverse field like yeah. it's not just 3d printing i think like battery yeah. production um, yeah a lot of things in electrical engineering and stuff yeah, material science huge. background as well. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. It includes physics, uh, chemistry, everything. And yeah. you should be very, very multidisciplinary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for example, when I give uh, lectures, I give like one task to everybody that they should like homework, they yeah. should prepare at home. Like just take any part or any small piece that yep. you like like even glass mm -hmm. or take a piece from the bicycle that you have at home yeah and learn like okay you want to change the part which kind of materials you are going to take right. bicycle is composed of over 100 pieces mm -hmm. and each piece has different material right just take one and uh, tell me about the material why like engineers chose those materials right. Right. Uh, one student uh, didn't like my subject too much and once he came I said okay I'm going to take a glass and like <laughs> like no this paper paper glasses for coffee mm -hmm. 
And the next day came, it's very hard. I yeah. says like, <laughs> I, I say, yeah, of yeah. course. Like, <laughs> you said yeah. I should uh, think about like the polymer that you use inside, like what should be the thermal conductivity yeah. of this in order that you don't burn your hand. Right. Yeah. So all this I should think. And later yeah. he said, okay, I'm going to, to be material scientist. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's quite interesting. <laughs> like every time you look around, you should think, what is material, why it's made of this, yeah. and so on. How it's made. and yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. And you can, I mean, there are a lot of jobs on this, I don't know. Yeah. So last year, there was a great story about a group of young people in Tavush that started Protolab, I believe it's called. Yeah. Uh, a 3D printing company in Neuenbergen, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And recently, they did this two-day conference in Neuenbergen where... Um, they brought in people from all over Armenia uh, to talk about 3D printing and some of the stuff that they've accomplished there recently. Um, and they crowdfunded the the whole company, I believe. Um, and you were one of the lecturers there. Um, it's just such a great story about um, young people, especially outside of Yerevan, doing something awesome for their community. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how those two days went and, and what the activity is like there? Actually, it was amazing uh event and it was amazingly organized i was surprised like how teenagers can organize yeah, such big for people conference. who don't know they're like 16 year old kids i think yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah. there were school boys school right. girls so yeah. yeah but and there was no even small thing that was that could disappoint you right. i mean everything was perfect i didn't know like how 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 they could do this um actually yeah the idea is for for me the idea why i went there and made a lecture to uh spread this 3d printing or high-tech stuff more to people who are out of Yerevan or right. uh, yeah uh it's important to tell new generation that there is other like there is di- there are directions right. like technical not only IT yeah also <laughs> right. uh hardware yeah. hardware yeah productions and yeah. hardware service and also yeah. there's science that you can work there you can earn money yeah. because a lot of people in Armenia think that if you are scientist you are poor it's not like that Right. Already, like good scientists get similar salary salary as IT right. guy. So I mean, uh, <laughs> this is something that we should tell people. Right. Yeah, Spread especially young young chil- like school school girls or boys who are just thinking about their car- career. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Later we had a camp. Right. Uh, we sit around fire a lot of people could talk discuss and so on they were yeah. singing dancing everything was amazing actually and um, actually it, it, it's very good that we have protolab mm-hmm. for several reasons uh, one of is that a lot of other uh, teenagers can know about this and right. can in, be encouraged to create or start their startup right I don't know how long this startup can exist because usually when teenagers start a startup, later they go to university yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah and later uh, this startup will. I don't want to be pessimist, right. but it's a good example for all of us that they can and yeah. they will do. And I hope very much that they will continue on this. Absolutely, yeah. And regardless of what happens, it's a it's a phenomenal experience to gain at that age, and so. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's huge experience. Like yeah. uh, they will, I I taught them what, which kind of problems they will have yeah. in near future if they don't have till now. Right. Uh, soon they will have problem with money, 
And like a lot of people, we start to look for other source of money because they used already too money, you know. (laughs) (laughs) When you have money and later you don't have, you should start to live with $1 per day or something like that. Otherwise, you are closing your startup. So, uh, yeah, all this, they will have all this problems are you involved with in protolab at all as an advisor or something like that um just a friend or just a friend let's say and now with argon we are like the co-founder of protolab we are in connection so uh i am ready to help to Mm -hmm. support but i don't want to support so much that they ha- they they face with problems. <laughs> right, they have so to be this independent. Is, this is experience. Well. Yeah, they right, should right. they should uh, face with the, uh, with this problem because only right. problems can make you stronger. Right. I, I have co-founded two startups. Uh, in two cases, I had the same problems that I told them. To you have to go them. through it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right. You should you should uh, uh, learn first of all. I, for me, it's the biggest uh, school. You should learn to have no money. Mm-hmm. and uh, to discuss with uh, huge partners uh, to sell service right. with zero drums in your pocket. Right. So if you have this mental stability and uh, yeah, you, can, you have emotional stability, yeah. so you will success in life. Right. Right, that's a great advice. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, well, also there are a lot of other right. problems. For me, this is the biggest that uh, what I found out that people will face right. problem and later like collecting team is the hardest yeah. stuff yeah yeah uh you can't be uh in the same board with different people who think in a totally different ways right and you should all the time fight for your rights yeah you should fight for your ideas yeah. for your strategy and, and you should accept others ideas and yeah. strategy it's not easy it's just uh, if, if we say like it looks easy but Absolutely. it's not yeah, yeah. for sure uh, Magina, let's get talk a little bit about the future now. Um, where do you hope to see AIP Tech in the next five to ten years? What problems do you hope you'll be solving then? Um, actually, we will have well, we have our strategy. We will uh, be feedstock manufacturer. Actually, um, sorry, in what near manufacturer? Uh, I mean, we are not going to give like three D printing service, like right. just to three D print, but we will uh, be group who is producing new materials for 3d printers Ah, okay so yeah uh i think not i think i'm sure we will be quite big company uh in near five years at least Mm -hmm. uh not only in medical direction but mostly focus on airspace direction and i think that uh, this will bring enough um, impact to armenia in order that in Armenia we have uh, not only IP in this direction, but also several companies that can rise and they can understand that it's possible to go to mm-hmm. this market and uh, to be big, yeah. let's say. And how can people reach out to you if they're interested in collaborating in some way or maybe they're interested in uh, purchasing from AIP? Tell people how they can find you. Uh, actually, they can... Google in, uh, they can enter to our web page, AIP Scientific from Science by AIPSCI.com. Or they can find us also on Facebook. They can write there and very fast they will get reply. Yeah. I don't give phone number because oh. <laughs> once once <laughs> I gave yeah <laughs> once I gave phone number and people were calling like 11 p.m. or 12 p.m. and they say I have problem with my bones come to repair it I said okay 
<laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was funny, but uh, yeah. Right. So the website's the best the way. Website is the best. Yeah. Okay. They can right. find find us there. Mina, thank you so much. Usually, when uh, when I have a guest on, I know at least a little bit about what their uh, what their field is like and what they're doing. Today, I can say I honestly knew almost nothing, and it was super educational for me. So, thank you so much for being here, and I wish you a lot of luck with AIP Tech. Thank you, Nesta. Thank you, Mina.